Welcome to the Nintendo Fusion Podcast, a podcast that fuses past, present, and future Nintendo thought. I'm David, accompanied by my friend Jordan. Now, Jordan, how did Mario bring back his brother after he got a game over? I don't know. How did he? He used a Luigi board. Oh, no. <laughs> that was brought to you by a webpage named The Best 41 <laughs> Luigi Jokes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I figured it might just be kind of fun to do a little cold opener like that where I tell some really stupid, I mean, excuse me, very funny joke, kind of break the ice and get us going here. We'll see if it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is going to be our Halloween spectacular episode. I don't know if this is going to be out before Halloween. When is Halloween? Is it Monday or Sunday this year? I think it's Monday. Um, yeah, I think it's Monday. Yes, yes, it is. So this will probably be out in time. Excellent. I will do my best. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing for our, what what did you call it? Spook fest? Our spooktacular Halloween spooktacular. spooktacular. So for this year's Halloween spooktacular, even though we didn't do one last year, um, we're going to be talking about Luigi's Mansion, one of Nintendo's only few properties that work for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you want to talk individually about like the, boo levels in mario galaxy or like super mario world or something yeah but. i think next year will be uh majora's mask oh anyway. that'd be fun <laughs> let's put that on a calendar <laughs> uh so david we've been fans of luigi's mansion for quite some time right i mean yeah ever since i got my gamecube so yeah. very long time so i actually didn't get luigi's mansion with my gamecube until later on into the gamecube era because i didn't get the gamecube until what was it? It was the Zelda Collector's Edition pack. That was a couple years later. I was a bit okay. late to the GameCube. Yeah, I was also late to the GameCube. I don't remember what year we actually got ours, but by the time we got our GameCube, it was a Christmas gift, and we got um, Super Mario Sunshine, Tack 2, The Legend of Juju, and Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. So those games had all been out by that point. I'm not sure for how long. And I didn't get Luigi's Mansion until a little bit later, uh, maybe a year, year and a half after that. I remember playing through Mario Sunshine, loving it to pieces and looking online what else we could get for the GameCube. And Luigi's Mansion was a choice. So we bought it online through some sort of reseller online. I don't remember if that was on eBay or not, you know. My memory is a little hazy from, you know, mid 2000s when it came to where we got things on the Internet. (laughs) I just want to bring it up, though, because from what I've read or like heard from online, people who got a GameCube at launch were a bit disappointed with Luigi's Mansion because it was one a bit short and to a non-traditional Mario game, which up to that point, (laughs) Nintendo fans had gotten used to the idea that a Mario game was always a launch title right right and mario games are also fairly formulaic i'd say i mean the the transition to 3d was very different compared to like super mario world but you kind of knew what you were expecting going into a mario game up to that point yeah i mean even then like sunshine was wildly different than 64 yeah Uh, but it still had the collect 120 shrines yeah individual levels but i do feel like nintendo has kind of reinvented mario pretty consistently through ever since 64 at least yeah the 2d games have all been pretty much the same but um the 3d games they they try to find a new identity for every single game except for galaxy 2 i guess yeah galaxy (laughs) 2 is a repeat Uh, except it's a really good repeat because it has some of the best level design in the whole series yeah it felt like i don't know i love galaxy 2 but if it were if it came out five years later it would have been a dlc pack yeah i could see that but we're not here to talk about Mario Galaxy, right? Right. <laughs> we're here to talk about Luigi's Mansion, which I adored. Um, I didn't. I guess my expectations were a bit more tempered going into it than a lot of other Nintendo fans at the time had, because I w- went into it a few years later. Um, I think like Sunshine was already out by that point. By the time I got around to Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, and the the GameCube was my first home console that we actually had. Um, I had played plenty of other consoles at other people's house, but it wasn't until the GameCube that my parents were like, "Okay, you can have a non handheld console now. So for me, it was incredibly exciting because I had tons of other content to enjoy and play through Mario Sunshine and Paper Mario, like I had mentioned before. So getting Luigi's Mansion, it was kind of like just a treat, you know, Um, I didn't buy it brand new, so it was 
cheaper for me and uh, it was definitely worth my money. I mean, I'd still probably get it full price if I knew how much enjoyment I would have gotten out of it back then. But that's kind of what my experience was anyway. Yeah, I really liked it. I liked the arcadey nature to it where it's a shorter game and it's it's more focused on like uh, one, the atmosphere and then two, like the core gameplay loop of the of the mansion. Right. So it's not really bloated. I feel like it it spends the correct amount of time for the game. Um, I'm sure if I got it for $60 at launch, I would have been a little upset that it's only like a few hours, but it definitely does feel like a tech demo. And I personally feel like that kind of, uh, is a benefit to the game overall because it allowed Nintendo to be more experimental with it. Yeah. They were very experimental with the game. I think, I mean, considering it was their first game on the GameCube, right? Like it was a launch title. Yeah, it was a launch Uh, title. Um, and I don't think there were very many games like at launch. We got Melee, I believe, a month later. And we got Metroid Prime very quickly, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think Metroid Prime was the next year, though. Uh, so Metroid Prime was 2002. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. It was a year later because the GameCube launched September 2001. Yeah. Holy cow. The GameCube launched in 2001. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's been 21 years. Happy 21st birthday, GameCube. <laughs> yeah it's it's been a while um and honestly the gamecube was quite a jump for nintendo i think people kind of underestimate how big of a jump it was because we went from uh basically (laughs) majora's mask to luigi's mansion right graphically and they're they're night and day apart in terms of graphical capabilities oh yeah (laughs) by far Luigi's Mansion looks way smoother. They were able to take advantage of a much more powerful lighting engine. I mean, you can literally see that with Luigi's flashlight and how they controlled the lights by turning them on and off in the uh, rooms. And you, it makes a huge difference. I mean, it's nothing like ray tracing today, but it was really impressive back then. Right. And a big part of that was they wanted to demonstrate the lighting capabilities of the GameCube. So like I said, it's kind of a tech demo game where it was specifically designed around being an arcadey experience to demonstrate what the GameCube is capable of. And I really enjoy that because I feel like <laughs> the later Luigi's Mansions games kind of when they became games that were more focused on what is Luigi's Mansion rather than what can the system uh, demonstrate, they kind of stripped away key parts of Luigi's Mansion as the years went on. Yeah, I I think that that's a very true statement there. Uh, I think we can talk about that a little bit later as we move into Luigi's Mansion 2 and 3. Um, let's focus a bit on what on Luigi's Mansion 1, right? Like, you know, some of the key features of Luigi's Mansion 1 were, like we said, the lighting and that core gameplay loop. But that core gameplay loop was just so satisfying, you know? Walking into a room where it's completely dark and not knowing what kind of ghost you might encounter and what puzzle you might have to solve in order to get it to appear or to get it to be weak. And I think it was incredibly fun figuring out what to do in these like micro puzzle areas. Right. Yeah. And they kind of just let you loose into the house to uh, there, there wasn't so much of a mission structure to it. It was a bit more open. Yeah, though certain ghosts would give you like a linear path of keys to unlock and it would point you to the next room on your map. Right. There were some splits that you could do. Like there are some optional ghosts. You don't necessarily need all of the booze all over the mansion. And there are a couple of hidden areas for sure. But yeah, I mean, it's not like they told you, uh, <laughs> do all of these individual missions. It was like, Egad set you loose with a vacuum cleaner and a flashlight and was like, Go get all of my portrait ghosts back. They escaped from their paintings. And it was up to you to, you know, go through that without much help other than this is where the key goes to the next door. But I think it worked really well for the game. Um, I think if it was completely open, like you could go into any door at any time, you might struggle learning some puzzles uh, because it was slightly linear in some ways. Uh, you were able to pick up on what interacts with what, like 
when you gather the different elements that you can suck into your vacuum and then shoot out, you learn over time how you can set things on fire or how you can put out particular fires with water, what kind of things are freezable, what kind of things are meltable, all of that stuff. And it really kind of ended up building upon itself um, when it came to those uh, mechanics. Yeah, yeah. And it was a very fun puzzle game in that regard. And it had a really good atmosphere to go along with it. Yeah, I mean, it only really plays like one song the whole game, except for when you're actually fighting a ghost or fighting a boss. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when uh, Luigi starts humming into tune, though. With yes. That one song. Oh, it's so sweet. Just hearing Luigi interact with that music is so good. And then, of course, um, he gets much more intense with his humming. I mean, people know when you press the A button while Luigi's walking around, he'll say Mario and just you know wonder where Mario is. But and when he's uh, more damaged, when he's lower on health, that ends up turning into like screams and pleas for help. <laughs> <laughs> but he also changes how he hums and how he like whistles a little bit. It's much more filled with vibrato and filled with nervousness as he's uh, traversing. And it, it's a cool attention to detail for sure. Yeah. And the atmosphere of this game, like Luigi's Mansion, uh, Luigi's Mansion did a lot for Luigi as a character in the Mario universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it really set him apart from Mario because back yeah. going back to uh, Mario games from before the GameCube, there was there's there's a lot of like pieces missing, like as much as we complain that Nintendo is a bit too conservative with how they treat the Mario game, the Mario franchise. Um, and they just like have things hammered down and don't like have too much creative input anymore. Um, considering this series has been around for so long, they have over the time, over time actually built quite a persona around a bunch of these characters and Luigi's by far the most like developed of the Mario cast. I'd say <laughs> I agree. Um, he, he's so fun. And you know, we do complain about recent years not having all that freedom anymore. So we can at least look back on this kind of golden era of uh, information. And I mean, Luigi, he was always just like a reskin of Mario. Uh, I guess in the Mario Party and Mario Tennis games on the N64, they started to make him look different from Mario in a few more ways than just like slight head changes in some of his sprites <laughs> on the SNES. <laughs> they made him a bit taller. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a little taller too, but yeah, it wasn't really until Luigi's mansion where it was like, Oh, Luigi is actually a bit of a scaredy cat, but also is brave enough to keep going forward. Um, he definitely really cares about his older brother. And, uh, you know, it was just a really interesting way to just kick off Luigi's whole arc and story. And then of course, um, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door honestly does an even better job, <laughs> I think, since Luigi has his own entire side story filled with a whole adventure he's going on in parallel to Mario. <laughs> so that's kind of fun, too. But anyway, Luigi's Mansion was definitely that first step. Yeah, I don't remember. Did, did Luigi have a role in the original Paper Mario game? Yes, but I think it was pretty small. If I recall, I don't think it was nearly as exciting as him getting a new partner every chapter like Mario did. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So the GameCube era was kind of like redefining the Mario franchise. And Luigi's Mansion did a pretty good job of setting Luigi himself up. It also introduced one of my favorite characters of the Mario universe, Egad. I, yeah. I just love his like <laughs> eccentric nature and the oh, way he's he so speaks. Great. He's such a cool character. Oh, my gosh. And his theme is is also really great um i also really appreciated how they connected together mario sunshine with luigi's mansion yeah through flood yeah because flood was made by egad and so was the paintbrush uh it's got egad's symbol on it yeah so egad's kind of the vegapunk of the mario universe <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> <laughs> Though we actually get to see Egad and interact with him more than Vegapunk. <laughs> Vegapunk is from One Piece, by the way, for those of you that are like, who the heck is that guy? <laughs> yeah, he's the mysterious scientist in the background making everything. But anyway, uh, Luigi's Mansion was a very charming game. It demonstrated the game keeps capabilities. And uh, I think Nintendo 
only viewed it as that for at least 10 years. I don't think they expected <laughs> fans to really <laughs> desire to, to more out of the series. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because like when it first came out, there was a bunch of like criticism about it and there's been criticism has lingered over the years. And then in the late two thousands, uh, that the people, so I, I imagine it was mostly like teenagers and adults at the launch of the GameCube that had issues with it. Whereas our generation kind of came in <laughs> the kids who grew up with Luigi's Mansion. And by the time we were about hitting 2010, we're like, when are we going to get the second one? Nintendo, <laughs> we actually liked this. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that's exactly how it played out. I don't, honestly don't really know if too many older Nintendo fans, like, you know, five, 10 years older than us that really appreciate the first Luigi's Mansion, unless they're like a speedrunner. <laughs> <laughs> Which, speaking of speedrunning, Luigi's Mansion has some of the coolest speedrunning tech for a GameCube game. If you want to have a really fun, like, less than an hour experience, go watch, like, a run of Luigi's Mansion. It is so cool. The any percent run <laughs> with glitches is nuts. <laughs> but uh, I also really like the uh, kind of 100 percent run that they also do. But I I've seen way too many hours of people playing Luigi's Mansion over the years because <laughs> it's just fun to watch. Um, but yeah, back back to kind of the the older group and how Nintendo treated the series. That is probably the best explanation, honestly. And it just so happens that when our generation hit what, like 18 or 18 through like 23 or something like that, Nintendo was like, okay, here, have a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like 10 years after the original came out. Uh, we got a sequel for the 3ds. I believe it was next level games that made it. Yes. Uh, it was Nintendo EAD that made the first one. Right. I, I think so. That, that, that sounds yeah, right. That sounds about right. So next level games, Canadian studio, uh, they were known for the Mario Strikers games up to that point. And yep. they're a phenomenal studio. They now are owned by Nintendo because Nintendo has really respected their work uh, because it's very much in line with the Nintendo seal of quality. Yes, <laughs> it's always very good. They make high quality games for sure. With that said, <laughs> <laughs> high quality doesn't necessarily mean like true to form of the original Oof. intent. <laughs> there, there was a lot. A lot of people had issues with Luigi's Mansion 2. Um, it was a lot more linear in structure. It was mission focused. They a lot of the aesthetics and atmosphere were kind of toned down instead of being like demonstrating a very robust light engine uh the lighting was a lot more muted it, i would say yeah a lot more static though i kind of chalked some of that direction up to it being a handheld game you know a lot of people are going to play that where it's kind of bright you know they're not going to be sitting down at a tv but i do agree that it was too much especially for this series i think the game would have done better on the wii u but we don't yeah. talk about the Wii U. <laughs> and I believe Miyamoto said the reason why they chose to bring Luigi's Mansion to the 3DS was because originally the GameCube was supposed to be a 3D console. And that was going to be one of the other tech features that Luigi's Mansion was demonstrating. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that ended up uh, being scrapped. And now Luigi's Mansion was going to be able to demo a 3D system. And so it wasn't quite a launch title, but it was pretty early on in the lifespan of the 3ds right it launched in march of 2013 which i believe was the second year of the d 3ds's life yeah and they announced it with the 3ds i believe I, so like we knew it was recall, coming yeah 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 so we knew it was coming um i bought the game i did not play much of it i kind of got bored <laughs> <laughs> i didn't play it until a couple years after release um <laughs> it, yeah I I honestly don't even remember if I've actually fully finished it because I also got bored with it. I got very tired of being pulled out of the mansion every time I hit what seemed like a major milestone. 
Yeah. You know, like I unlocked something or I got some new item and suddenly Agad was like, okay, come on back to the lab right now. And then you go back and then you have to start all over again. The mansion has changed a little bit. So in a way, it was kind of like a Mario Sunshine level where your actions kind of progress the level forward in some ways. But it was still just it was so weird that it was so mission focused after the first Luigi's Mansion was much more open and you only really went back when you defeated a boss. Yeah, even if, like, as you said, uh, the first Luigi's Mansion was a bit linear in structure with a few splits, um, it still gave the illusion that you were, like, free to roam the mansion as you wanted. And you could collect booze in literally any order because the mansion was entirely freely open to you if the doors were unlocked. So, I mean, I, I recall spending hours when I was younger playing Luigi's Mansion and just walking around the mansion, checking out the rooms even after I had cleared them, you know, because it was free. You can't do that in Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Once you clear a mansion, you can't just go explore it. You have to go back and do a mission again, which a mission based nature works for a lot of different games. But for Luigi's Mansion, it felt completely out of place compared to the first game. It wasn't like Luigi was conquering the mansions and then being able to explore it freely. It was more like I have a task to do to save my brother. And it just so happens to require me going through and doing this one mansion, which I'll never go back to again, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like the, the loss of atmosphere was probably the biggest tragedy of <laughs> this game, because that to me was like a big part of luigi's mansion the arcadey nature and the the atmosphere and i guess they were trying to capture the arcadey nature with um the more mission structure yeah but oh man you need to have the the ghost boss bosses and the atmosphere for it to be a true luigi's mansion game in my eyes yeah the portrait ghosts yeah because they kind of evolved the the low level ghosts so that they would sometimes become like little mini bosses um, but they were all very generic, you know, they were like a solid color, very shiny in the game's engine. And it was like, this is the tall, skinny one. This is the kind of fat or a uh, yellow one. This one's got like some sort of big brain. And that's kind of like all the uniqueness you got out of those ghosts. <clears throat> now, Luigi's Mansion one had a lot of very simplistic ghosts that reappeared all the time, but almost every single room had a super unique boss ghost or a portrait ghost that had its own story that would sometimes interact with you that you could then go check out in the gallery later and learn a little bit more about how they fit into either the family or the general collection of the portrait ghosts. And that was just gone in Dark Moon. Yeah. So Dark Moon, it's a bit of a disappointment. Uh, people... I don't know. I'm glad it still exists. It at least brought the Luigi's Mansion franchise back. Um, like Nintendo easily could have just like been like, oh, it's just a tech demo. We have no intention of ever doing anything with this franchise again. And then it would have gone the way of F-Zero, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never to be seen again. So at least Nintendo tried and it gave a new feather to uh, Next Level Games, who eventually became... Uh, a Nintendo um, studio, which up mm -hmm. to that point, did they do punch out? I think so. They did punch out and the Mario striker games, and now they were put in charge of the Luigi's mansion franchise. So uh, expanding next level games is uh, IPs to work with. I think is a good move, especially since the third one is actually pretty good. But before we go to the third one, I wanted to quickly ask, did you play the remake of the original on the 3DS? No. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did not. Um, I was kind of excited for it until I saw the game. I was like, oh, this is a demake. This isn't a remake. This is a demake. Um, <laughs> and like we said earlier in this podcast, uh, if you need proof that <laughs> it was a big jump from the N64 to the GameCube, uh, games that were being ported from the N64 to the 3DS looked way better on the 3DS than the N64. And the Luigi's Mansion looked way worse on the 3DS than the GameCube. Yeah, well, they also basically put it in the Dark Moon engine, at least like the visual engine. <laughs> So, yeah, they changed up so many things about how the game looked. I was just like, no, I'm good. I don't I don't need this for my 3DS. 
I mean, in hindsight, I probably should have bought it for the collection, but whatever. I wonder if it's worth anything because no one bought it. It also came out like after the Switch was announced, I believe. That sounds about right. It's kind of in that weird hole where um, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga also got ported to the 3DS, but like at the end of its life. (laughs) So those weird kind of ports just happened at the end of the 3DS. And I I'm still not sure why they opted to do that when they could have just waited for the switch. It must have just been some sort of uh, like insurance policy or at least something to keep revenue up on the 3DS in case the switch didn't do well. But as we all know, the switch did amazing. So do you want to know what the price of Luigi's Mansion for the 3DS is? Sure. It's $50. It has gone up in value by $10. Yeah. It's not bad for a game that's out of print, but (laughs) that means that not a lot of people bought it. (laughs) Yeah. Because if you're going to go back and play Luigi's Mansion, you're probably going to pick it up for the GameCube. Now I'm curious what price it is for the GameCube. You can pick up Dark Moon for 20 bucks. Okay. <laughs> okay, Luigi's Mansion isn't that expensive. Uh, okay, never mind. That was just the case. The player's so, choice version on eBay is selling for two hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> uh, is that new? That's new and sealed. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say there's no way. Yeah, I'm seeing some for like fifty, some at twenty. Uh, yeah, but these yeah. Are, these aren't like buy it now. Is their auction? Um, so about 50 to $70, it looks like, which is where you'd expect an average GameCube game to be right now. Right, since like we talked about last week, Nintendo does not want to give us that library in any sort of official capacity. But anyway. So yeah, um, after Dark Moon, I'm sure, uh, all of us Nintendo fans were a bit concerned about the future of the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> a bit is maybe like not quite enough. <laughs> I think we were all quite a bit worried about the franchise <laughs> or at least hopeful that maybe something yeah. would change. And then Nintendo announced uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 and people were so burned by Dark Moon that people didn't meet it with like much praise but like caution <laughs> yeah i <You> remember, remember? <laughs> um i believe treehouse had to specifically state don't worry there are bosses this time <laughs> and yeah. that like relieved a lot of people <laughs> there are ghosts that look unique <laughs> like that, that have at least something different compared to the uh normal ghosts that you just find everywhere they weren't exactly portrait ghosts you know like they they definitely had their own personalities and their own stories, but, you know, they didn't escape from portraits like in Luigi's Mansion 1. That's why we call them portrait ghosts. Yeah, but I think the main reason why we like them is um, their uniqueness, their personality, and uh, the fact that their boss is right. So you ha- yeah. have a puzzle element to them. And in all those regards, I would say the new boss ghosts uh, hit it out of the park. Yeah, they really did. Honestly, they, they were absolutely phenomenal. I thought that Luigi's Mansion 3 was a very well thought out game and honestly a worthy successor to the Luigi's Mansion name. Yeah, it's definitely a lot longer than the original Luigi's Mansion and it still has kind of a mission structure to it, but it's a lot more um, sly about it this time than uh, Dark Moon was. Right. Right. It's also much more open. You can actually go back and explore areas without having to like redo whole missions. Right. But like the missions are basically uh, subjugated to just their their floor. Right. Yes. Basically, there there are a couple that extend past their floor. I mean, and there's also some like in between floor missions where like one of the ghosts will like steal the elevator button from you and you have to go in a wild chase to find it, (laughs) which it's kind of annoying when they do it more than like three times, but it was still fun in a way. Yeah, the elevator was a hidden lo- loading screen. <laughs> it really was. It wasn't that hidden. <laughs> You're still sitting in there forever, way longer than it would yeah. take to actually go up a floor <laughs> in real life. But anyway, um, the Luigi's Mansion 3 also featured really great theming for each of the floors. Like each floor had a an entirely different theme. Like some of my favorites and highlights were like the kind of ancient pyramid sand theme. Like I thought that was incredibly impactful. Uh, walking into that gigantic room that was just filled with sand was super cool. Um, and also the like pirate ship B theme one. 
You know, I thought those were such cool ideas and they were executed incredibly well. Yeah. Um, and then the bosses, like we said, were fun. I really liked the piano boss <laughs> in the middle of the game. Yeah, the piano boss was really fun. <laughs> I, I thought they were all pretty good. So what do you think of Guiji? Because he was kind of a controversial addition to the game. Guiji is weird. Um, I kind of like that there are options for tackling puzzles when it comes to controlling two things at once. But I think it was a really interesting way to introduce two player uh, to the Luigi's Mansion games. I know a lot of people, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, played in two player mode with like their partner or their significant other or another sibling. And it made it a lot more enjoyable, though. At the same time, it's kind of obnoxious to be Gooigi in second player because you're not Luigi. You know, it's like you're being consigned to the little brother, little sister role (laughs) (laughs) Um, in the game. But what I thought was also really fascinating about Gooigi is that the cutscenes are different depending on if it's a person controlling Gooigi or not. I don't know if you had ever seen the difference. Uh, no, I haven't. So if a, if the if player one controls Guiji and they like Luigi's like celebrating, Guiji does his like looking down at the ground kind of like in a day state so that he's not moving at all. But if Guiji is controlled by player two and they kind of celebrate in the same frame, they both move and act independently. And sometimes Luigi will turn over and see Guiji acting like of his own accord and be like, "Whoo, that's creepy. <laughs> it's a nice attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're playing with two players, it's like kind of canon that Guiji is sentient. <laughs> but when it's just one player, he's not. Yeah. What did you think about Guiji? I was kind of hit or miss. It felt like too many puzzles were centered around Guiji, but at the same time, it's fine. Um, it's not like there was a defined way to do puzzles in the previous games other than using the vacuum in interesting ways. And honestly, I kind of prefer vacuum puzzles over Guiji puzzles, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. The vacuum puzzles are really fun. I liked how they added that supercharged vacuum mechanic to the game where sometimes you could just like vacuum up the entire room. Yeah, (laughs) that was pretty. It definitely speeds things up, Um, although there's not a lot of reasons to vacuum a lot of things in this game. That's my one big issue with Luigi's Mansion 3 is that money is meaningless. Yeah, especially coming from Luigi's Mansion 1, where money is like everything. (laughs) Money indicates like how well you did (laughs) in the run at the end of the game. (laughs) So collecting lots of money is a necessity. And so vacuuming everything to find hidden secrets was part of the gameplay loop and gameplay experience in Luigi's Mansion 1. But in Luigi's Mansion 2, it's like, eh, you don't really need money. And you get plenty of it for whatever you do need it for just by exploring. And all it really does is it just gives you all you can use do it for use it for is to just buy items to make finding more stuff easier, like money. It's like, what's the point of this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why? Why am I going 100 percent this game? So it felt like I lost a bit of the exploratory nature in three compared to one. But the core loop was definitely there. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if they could have fixed the money, though. Oh, they could have easily just make it so upgrades and stuff are tied to it and you get like extra abilities. It's yeah, really easy yeah. to gamify money. You're right. I was just wondering if like they could have just made an end title screen, like an ending slightly different depending on how much money you ended with oh, yeah. or something like that. Oh, yeah, they could have done that, too. You buy a new mansion. You have to get like certain amount of money to like buy a new mansion or something. <laughs> yeah. Or to repair the hotel or whatever. You yeah. To do. Something where it feels like your exploration actually matters. Yeah. And I think that's what made Luigi's Mansion one really fun is you. That money literally goes to Luigi building himself a new house at the end. <laughs> I, I just still think it's so funny that in Luigi's Mansion one, after Luigi saves Mario, the whole mansion just straight up disappears. And he gets like, Huh, the money didn't. <laughs> Here, here's a whole new mansion that I made with that money. Like, I never really understood why the mansion itself wasn't real, but the money was. Well, it's also only the money that you found. 
Because when the house right. appeared, it's not like a pile of money just showed up there. <laughs> yeah. So could Luigi have taken the furniture outside and then I use think, that? I, to... I like to think so. Yeah. Well, anything that wasn't like floating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what could Luigi have taken? Just real quick. Total aside. What would have been like the most valuable items from Luigi's Mansion one that you could think of? Um, oh, I feel like there's got to be something I'm missing. Like a jewel of some sort that was like a giant diamond i know there's a bunch of busts and fancy art all over yeah the place. there's tons of art i think that a lot of the things in the observatory would also be pretty useful to keep um there were also all of those like animal pelts and heads and stuff upstairs all of the those will be haunted <laughs> yeah those will be haunted easy uh, there's also all of those like suits of armor that are upstairs. I think the attic has like all of the expensive stuff. Honestly, um, you have all of those like super fine pots, right? That the pot ghost guy kept coming out of. There were some really nice porcelain things up there. The fountain on the roof that might be worth something. I don't know. <laughs> and of course, you have like how those hidden treasure rooms are made out of gold, basically. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. you know, if the money could be taken out and be real, just if anything else could be taken outside and still be real, that would be an interesting thing. But anyway, that that's that's just exploring. Anyway, so graphically speaking, what did you think of Luigi's Mansion 3? <laughs> well, it just reminds me of a lot of the previews we got of the game, how the lighting and the texturing was like not done in a lot of the promotional materials that they gave us. I remember people being worried that the game was not yeah. going to look good at all. And then the game came out and they had polished like everything. And it honestly looked really good. I think they could have gone a little bit harder on the darkness, like in Luigi's mansion one. Yeah. But I think it was a good balance between one and two. It definitely looked very professional and um, not cheap at all. It looked like very expensive animation very high quality animation. But like you said, I feel like the aesthetic of the of the harsher lighting was missing. Yeah. I mean, there were some darker areas, if I recall, but it also felt like you explored a lot more of the mansion in the light as well. And ghosts would still appear. It wasn't like in one where if there was no light, only the booze could be there. So I don't know. Um I still think they did an incredible job. The game does look awesome. I think it's one of the best looking games on Switch, especially that performs really well on Switch for what yeah. it is. And they get away with it by having smaller environments, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's a lot more um, not cramped, but condensed in like what you're able to view at any given time. So uh, it makes processing a lot better or easier than say something like Bowser's Fury where it's right <laughs> enormous, right? Right. Plus they usually have a fairly fixed camera. You can never really see behind you. You're basically like a fourth wall watching Luigi go through the game. Um, sometimes the camera will rotate around if he's like going around a corner or something like that, but it was never like a free cam type game. Um, and Luigi's Mansion 1 was like that as well. In fact, <laughs> the Luigi's Mansion 1's camera is the reason why it looks like Luigi is hanging in the attic. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that. Like in one of the attic rooms in Luigi's Mansion 1, sometimes the lightning will flash and Luigi's shadow will appear on the ceiling and it almost looks like the ghosts have hung him. Which oh, is no. Kind of graphic. <laughs> I never caught that. <laughs> yeah, like it, it scared a lot of people, apparently. They were like, oh, my gosh, are they they're trying to tell me that Luigi's actually dead in this game? <laughs> which would have been an interesting lore thing. But no, it was literally like the way the camera was set up and how the lighting engine was working. Um, when the lightning flashed, it broke how the shadow was drawn and just threw it on the ceiling, basically. <laughs> <laughs> anyway that that was kind of fun but all that aside um I, I do think luigi's mansion 3 looks really good um i really do like its aesthetic i think they also really improved on the like kind of smoothness design that dark moon tried to go for it you know the ghosts in dark moon were very shiny like i mentioned earlier and they kind of keep that shine in luigi's mansion 3 but they made it seem more ethereal and ghostly if that makes sense yeah and part of me wonders if it's just because um though switch was just more capable than the 3ds at yeah <laughs> handling transparency <laughs> right 
Um, I also really appreciated how they gave even the low level ghosts a lot more animations. And sometimes they would just be doing really funny, dumb things in the background. <laughs> I thought that added a lot of life to uh, the common ghosts. Yeah, it does feel like despite uh, Dark Moon's performance. Actually, I don't know if Dark Moon didn't perform that well. I just know it wasn't like critically received very well. Um, according to Wikipedia, worldwide sales of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon reached a million within its first week, and by the end of October, three point one million. Okay, so that's and pretty as good. of twenty as of twenty twenty, it sold sixty or six point four million copies worldwide. It's okay. the twelfth best selling three DS game. Okay, so it did very well. <laughs> yeah, the three DS also had what like twelve Pokemon games. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I think that stats probably combining uh, generations together as one game. Yeah, that, that's probably true. But anyway, it did incredibly well, even though a lot of us Luigi's Mansion fans were really disappointed. Yeah. So I guess the general populace is still pretty fine with it. Um, yeah. Luigi's Mansion 3 also did very well. It sold about 11 million, almost 12 million copies. So almost twice as well. That's uh, so many. I hadn't realized it was that many. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very successful. Um, and this time critically successful as well. So I expect there to be a <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 4 in the future. Obviously, they went to do Strikers um, after Luigi's Mansion 3. But now that Strikers is out, I'm assuming it, the next game is either Luigi's Mansion 4 or a new IP from them. Or it could be Punch-Out. But I imagine the most lucrative decision for them to go for would be Luigi's Mansion 4. I could see that. Absolutely. That then begs the question, Jordan... What do you want to see them do with Luigi's Mansion 4? I want to return to the traditional aesthetic from the first game. <laughs> <laughs> Make it dark and spooky. Yeah, I'm kind of worried Nintendo doesn't want that aesthetic anymore just because like they probably take away that having it be too dark that is going to like rub away or push away the general audience, the more casual player base like the fans are going to be there regardless whether the aesthetic is there or not, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But the general populace of the Switch 2 or whatever console it's coming out on, they need to appeal to that group too. If they make something way too spooky, they're not going to get the young kids that will play it as much. Though at the same time, you know how many kids love Five Nights at Freddy's and how yeah. terrifying that game is? I think it would do fine. I just don't think Nintendo sees that it would do fine is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Nintendo has a bit more of an iron fist on the Mario franchises. We, we're never going to see another th uh, explorative design such as Luigi's Mansion in the foreseeable future for Mario, I feel like. Yeah. Considering how they're continuing to treat Paper Mario and all the sports games. With yeah. that said, I think they have a bit more of a hands-off approach to next level games compared to other studios such as Intelligent Systems, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Strikers for the Switch still has like a lot of personality from the first one. Um, a lot of the animations are really funny, but... And but that's kind of like the deviation from the norm for recent sports and party games from Nintendo. Same with Luigi's Mansion 3, you know, like it's different enough from all of the Mario stuff and adds new things and adds new characters. I, I think next level games definitely has more freedom for sure. Yeah. So my main wants are I want the lighting effects of the first game to come back. Um, I want it so that when you clear a room, that's when there's light and that's when you feel safe in that room again. I, I don't want to be able to, I don't want exploring like light rooms and getting attacked by ghosts or whatever. I want light to feel like it has a mechanical purpose in the game. Yeah. I mean, that's why they gave Luigi a flashlight in the first game was it stuns the ghosts because they do not, uh, thrive in the light at all. Only the boos are able to do that. And it made the boo is honestly a little bit more threatening and interesting and unique. So yeah. going back to that would be really helpful. I think um, make it so collectibles mean something, whether <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> don't just make the key collectible, a literal key <laughs> to move to the next place, <laughs> make things worth things, make money worth something, give us rewards, make the mansion a bit more exploratory and designed and less mission focused. They're moving in the right direction. I just want them to take an extra step forward. Yeah, I think they could if they stay with like the hotel thing where there are multiple floors, I think they could make it much more open instead of locking off the floors 
based on progression. So as a setting, though, would they stick to hotels or are they going to try and one up that somehow? How I think do you they could one up it? it. They could do a cruise ship. A cruise ship would be super cool and bring Daisy. Sorry, yeah. cruise ships and Mario just always remind me of Daisy. <laughs> Actually, yeah, uh, because like we were saying earlier, uh, Luigi's Mansion did a lot for like the character of Luigi have this next game kind of like establish more of the relationship between Luigi and Daisy. Yeah, could nope. you imagine if it was on the Daisy Cruiser that was in that's been in Mario Kart for years? It'd be so cool. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good set setting, and then have it have the ghosts attack or something. Uh, don't yeah. if you are bringing in Daisy though, don't just make her the damsel in distress. <laughs> yeah, no, make make her useful. She's such a cool character. Uh, because sorry, I just had to pull up the Daisy Cruiser to see if it appeared in anything else. It was also in Mario Sluggers, so. Nintendo has used it in more than one <laughs> title, so they could do the Daisy Cruiser. I think that'd be so cool. So like for our story, we could have like uh, Luigi and friends go on the Daisy Cruiser and then they get attacked by ghosts. And I guess Mario goes missing along with Peach or something. <laughs> that'd be cool. Um, and Wario and Waluigi are also there. <laughs> <laughs> As bosses. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're they're causing mischief but they're not related to the ghost they just see it as an opportunity <laughs> or something they're, they're trying to rob the ship and then like it gets haunted <laughs> and now they're like terrified of what's going on and they're just stuck there so they're recurring characters and they never really help you but they never hinder you either they just show up that'd be so funny <laughs> <laughs> they make things more complicated yeah yes <laughs> oh that'd be so fun oh i want luigi's mansion 4 to be on the daisy cruiser please please make it happen put daisy in a non-sports game nintendo come on <laughs> she hasn't she hasn't been in a non-sports game since her initial debut <laughs> another setting i think could work would be like a large castle uh they haven't really explored much about castles um i don't know which castle maybe it could even be bowser's castle if we want like an actual location <laughs> bowser's gone missing <laughs> <laughs> he wants revenge after the booze used a mechanical version of his body in the first game <laughs> so he as he's plotting his revenge they end up taking over his castle while he's gone or something i don't know so we have to go and save bowser yeah. <laughs> and instead of using a mechanical version of Bowser's body, King Boo uses actual King Bowser's body. <laughs> we could have upgrades from Kamek that are just like uh, really bad attachments <laughs> to, <laughs> to the, the po poltergeist, uh, like a flamethrower and stuff. But it's like a very like shoddily added on <laughs> flamethrower. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Or or Kamek is like, I just want my boss back. Here are all of Bowser's actual weaknesses as he's explained them to me. And every item you get from Kamek is one of Bowser's weaknesses. <laughs> it gives them to you on the premise that you'll give them back because Luigi is a good person and lives up to his word. I don't know. I also think that <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to make a Luigi's Mansion tie-in game where Luigi's Mansion 4 ties into Luigi's movie after the Super Mario movie. I don't think they I, do it, but I wouldn't put it past them. I, I hope Nintendo doesn't go the route of tie-ins with movies. I, I feel like games work better when they aren't tied to other projects. Just look like a Pokemon, right? Uh, Pokemon yeah. is a massive multimedia property and it's gotten to the point where it feels like the games are suffering for it because so much money comes from other areas of the game and game development is a very chaotic uh, structure to it. So it's really unpredictable when like you can actually hit deadlines, but when you have it tied to other projects, then you basically have to hit that deadline or just ship it out broken. Yeah. Like so many things are important in the Pokemon universe. Like I don't think a lot of people realize that the games set the entire next generation without those games. They cannot advance the anime. They cannot put out all of the new merch for the new Pokemon. They're revealing. They cannot move on with the next set of the trading card game. And literally every other piece requires game freaks game to come out. So yeah, you're absolutely right. When things are really tied together like that, it really does bog stuff down. Yeah. I, if if Zelda were in the same situation, we would have gotten Tears of the Kingdom much sooner. But I don't think we'll get nearly as good of a game, you know, as, as an example. Well, what was uh, Tears of the Kingdom supposed to be coupled with? 
Well, I mean, if it was like in the same boat as Pokemon, where if Tears of the King, like oh. if the Zelda series relied oh, on <laughs> Zelda would not be able to keep up with a multimedia schedule. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Aonuma would name, name a Zelda game that like came out on time. <laughs> <laughs> every Zelda game has been delayed, like every single one of them. They have said multiple times, we don't want to spend more than five years in between titles and they they're doing it again. <laughs> Zelda is proof that um, delays are good for games. Yes. So I wish Pokemon could decouple itself, but their business model just makes that impossible at the moment. So I'm really hoping that Nintendo has learned from that and be like, listen, we can't change Pokemon's business model. Please, let's not couple um, other properties (laughs) to other things. (laughs) Let's not let's not copy that business model for others. Properties. We can't make the Luigi movie until Luigi's Mansion 4 is out. It needs ah. that lore. <laughs> no, they can make a Luigi's Mansion movie <laughs> completely separate from the rest of the <laughs> games. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think Luigi's Mansion 4 is a shoe in and I, I agree with all of your proposals. Um, Going back more towards the original game would be great, but with like a modern evolution as well. Um, Luigi's Mansion 3 was great. Don't get me wrong, but I think they could push it farther for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, It was a lot of steps in the right direction and uh, they exceeded my expectations in certain areas. I just feel like there's certain aspects of Luigi's Mansion 1 that I really want to return in the franchise. I totally agree. That game just has such a special place in my heart. Yeah, and I, I and I trust Next Level Games enough that I feel like they could do it. Yeah, they absolutely could. Absolutely. I do have like a total tangent, but talking about Luigi's Mansion 4 just really makes me want, for some reason, a new Kid Icarus game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how those are tied together in my brain, but I was probably because like, they came out very similar or very uh, close to each point. other. Good point. Man, it's been a while since Kid Icarus. Yeah, if we got a sequel to the Luigi's Mansion game on the 3DS, where is our sequel to the Kid Icarus game from the 3DS? But that's a whole nother topic. We, we should put that in our queue somewhere to talk about Kid Icarus. Yeah. But, ah, oh, man. So many series Nintendo just needs to revive. We mentioned F-Zero earlier, um, Kid Icarus. They're sitting on so many properties, and I think they could do some great things with them. But I am excited to see what the future holds for Luigi's Mansion. I imagine Luigi's Mansion 4 will be even more gorgeous than Luigi's Mansion 3, and hopefully it will keep a lot of the, well, not keep, but bring back some of the really cool elements from Luigi's Mansion 1 that we miss. So, anything else you want to say about Luigi's Mansion, Jordan? I think I'm good. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up the episode here. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our thoughts about the Luigi's Mansion series. We hope you've enjoyed our Halloween, what was it, spook best (laughs) spooktacular spooktacular you need to write that down i'm never going to remember that i'm not going to remember that next year either um (laughs) we can change it next year it's fine (laughs) we'll just call it different every year next year is going to be the bootastic bootastic (laughs) i don't know that would fit better for this one than next year for doing (laughs) dang it this was the bootastic uh spec uh the halloween of episode Next year is going to be something based on Zelda. I don't know. Uh, Redead something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks again for listening. Uh, if you want to check out our Discord server where we talk about some Nintendo stuff with you guys, go to nintendofusion.com slash Discord. And uh, please be sure to leave us a like, a comment, or a review, depending on what app, uh, app or service you're on doing so will just help the algorithm recommend the show to other people but with all that said thank you so much for listening to this episode of the nintendo fusion podcast and we'll catch you on the next one Boo! bye-bye <laughs> see ya <laughs> <laughs>